Problem Solving 101 by Ken Watanabe. Summary from 4-Minute Books. Written by Nicholas Couquet and read by Jonathan McGinley. One-sentence summary. Problem Solving 101 is a universal four-step template for overcoming challenges in life, based on a traditional method Japanese school children learn early on. Favorite quote from the author. Do what is right, because it is right. I recently co-authored a piece gathering 303 life lessons we all eventually learn, but often forget. This list reminded me of all the important subjects we never study in school. Human behavior, work habits, creativity, relationships, communication, love, and personal finance, for example. The skill Ken Watanabe explains in this book ranks highly on that list, problem-solving. Having a methodical approach to how you deal with problems, as opposed to just going by gut and feelings, can make a big difference in how successful you are in overcoming your obstacles. What's interesting is where Watanabe found this approach, in school. While the Japanese education system has long had a leg up on its Western counterpart, this surprised me. Apparently, most Japanese children learn a very basic, universal problem-solving template in their first years of school. After growing up in Japan, then studying in the U.S., it is exactly this template that Ken Watanabe decided to share in Problem-Solving 101. Here are three underlying activities you need to use it. 1. Instead of jumping straight from finding a problem to attempting to solve it, break it down first. 2. Gather data to analyze all potential root causes and solutions. And 3. Formulate hypotheses and methodically test them to find what works. If you often find yourself jumping headfirst into solutions that don't really fix your problems, this one's for you. Welcome to Problem Solving 101. Lesson 1. The first step of properly tackling any problem is to break it down. Let's say you and your partner want to move in together and start a family. You've both entered the working world a couple of years ago and are now looking to buy a home. However, once you look at your salaries and expenses, you realize you can't afford the kind of home you want your future kids to grow up in. What could you do? In this situation, most people would either resign to waiting for their next promotion or force themselves to randomly cut back on a big spending point. However, the trick to solving such a seemingly complex problem elegantly is to not jump at the above question in the first place. Instead, break down the problem into various aspects. In this example, not having enough money to pay mortgage for desired house can be divided into too little income, too high expenses, and expectations of future house. Once you have categories, it's very easy to continue digging. For example, you could now list causes for the too little income category like my company pays less than the industry average or I was passed over for a promotion. When going along these sub-branches, you can mark each one with yes or no to determine whether it's actually part of the problem. With a proper breakdown in hand, it's much easier to analyze the cause and potential solutions of your problem. Lesson 2. Make sure you analyze all potential root problems and solutions by gathering data and reflecting. Of course, it's impossible to be 100% objective when judging what led to your problem. 
but that's where analysis comes in. For each root cause that you marked with a yes in your decision tree, ask what data you need to verify your answer. For example, to see if your salary is below industry average, you can use Google to compare it to several statistics and to figure out if you were really passed during the last promotion round. Ask coworkers when they were last promoted and come up with your own company internal data. The point of analysis is to never accept statements at face value, including your own. It gets you to pause and reflect before moving on, which is what makes it so valuable. That's why it also applies to all potential solutions you subsequently brainstorm. If you want to confront your boss with the below-average salary claim, you better bring lots of data from good sources to back it up. At the same time, if you find it's easier to collect data for other solutions, like cutting your expenses on monthly subscriptions because you still have all your receipts, analysis also helps you determine which solutions have the best cost-to-benefit ratio. Lesson 3. When trying to find a solution, formulate multiple hypotheses and then test them one by one. Analysis helps you separate the wheat from the chaff when it comes to the sources of your problem, as well as your option to get rid of it. However, the pool of choices you're left with is just a set of ideas. There are no guarantees that you've identified the correct causes or that executing a chosen solution will actually bring relief. That's why you should think of your selection as a hypothesis. A hypothesis is defined as a current accepted statement that could be proven wrong later. What's great about approaching your plans this way is that you'll stay flexible. Maybe confronting your boss won't work. If it doesn't, what matters is that you can quickly switch to a different path of action, rather than circling back to your initial hopelessness. Whenever you feel lost or don't know what to do, take an intermediary step of analysis. Get more data. Reflect on new information then change course. With an approach like this, you'll never really get stuck. Even if problems won't disappear overnight, you'll always have some sense of what to do next. Problem Solving 101 Review Breakdown, Analysis, Hypothesis, Execution What Watanabe has described here is the scientific method, except he did it in a way everyone can understand. Teaching children this from a young age helps them think on their feet decades later, when they enter the working world, where the problems are often complex and confusing. If I ever do come up with a school of life, there'll definitely be a class called Problem Solving 101. What else can you learn from the blanks? How to find the right categories for a problem like bad grades. What a school band can do to get to the root of their small audience's problem. Which approach works best in sorting and prioritizing solutions? And how you can use Problem Solving 101 to achieve even your biggest dreams. Who would I recommend the Problem Solving 101 summary to? The nine-year-old third grader who has a chance to learn proper problem solving right from the start. The 30-year-old young professional who could use a reset on how she tackles problems after college and anyone who tends to jump to conclusions.